This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I didn't do a show last week. Uh, the week leading up to that, I felt pretty crappy. Um, not, I don't know if it was the flu or something, but I, I, it wasn't that I my ass was kicked, but I just had a hard time, um, you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's like my stomach didn't feel right, and I would have some aches and pains, and uh, I don't think I ever got any fevers going. There wasn't any stuffed nasal stuff things, no sneezing, coughing, that kind of stuff. But which I usually get with the cold and with the flu. But I just I don't know what it was. Um, Amy and Hayden had both been sick. Uh, they had it much worse than I did. Whatever it was that I had, I pushed through, went to work, and did all that. Didn't miss anything like that. But when it got to Friday. And I sat down in the uh, in the afternoon to write my notes for the prep for the show. I just I, I just thought, ugh, I just don't feel it. <laughs> I just uh, I'll take a break this week. And uh, I mean, it's whatever I had. I would get to the end of my day, and I would just feel just all in, just just completely wiped out. And I might not have been doing anything really strenuous for the day. It was just just wiped out. So, sorry that I didn't do a show, but I did put up a bonus. I put up a bonus show, which I haven't done in a while. Uh, it's the ninth one that I've included, and that one went back to October of 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, uh, well, it was about The Who and The Rolling Stones, uh, and The Who and Garth Brooks, and The Who and Smashing Guitars, and The Who and Measles, except that Who was the World Health Organization, and baseball. So, yeah, if you're into that, check it out. It's uh, bonus episode number nine. You'll see it up on the uh, uh, in the feed on the iTunes, which you can subscribe to the show on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Uh, and if you have done so, if you leave a nice review and 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 uh, you know give me five stars, you know that'll help. Um, I'm uh, I could use the help to get some more listeners. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, it would be nice if you could. I, no pressure, but or you can follow me on Podbean, and I and you can check and see what other other what they what they call them podcatchers that you use. You can check and see if Dimland Radio is in, in any of that. So check it out, and um, and then of course you can head over on Facebook. There's the Dimland Radio Facebook page. Go on over and like that. Uh, I was up to well, I was at 189, and then it popped up to 190 for a, a brief period of time, and now it's back to 189. I don't I don't know what's going on, but I, you know, things happen. So, anyway, 
Uh, I wanted to, yeah, let's, I'm, I think I will do it. I think I'll, um, uh, I'll just uh, get to it right off the bat. Here we go. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah. This ought to be good. Well, it ought to be. I hope it is. And I have to preface it by saying that uh, I promise you, I'm not defending the man. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not an apologist for him or anything like that. Uh, I don't particularly care for the president that we have currently, but I do care about the truth. I'm not defending him. I'm defending the truth. And this is, I was talking with the boss's wife earlier today, who, she's much more conservative than I am. And, you know, she's, she apparently can look past all of uh, Trump's badness and his uh, attitude toward women. She can look past all that, and she thinks he's, she's great. I, or he's great, I guess. I, um, we didn't get too deep into it, but um, I was talking to her, and I said that, the thing that I want from people is to, you know, if you want to criticize him for his policies, for his personal behavior, for the things that he says, I mean, he gives you plenty of ammunition, plenty. And you may, I may agree with your your disagreements with him. I may disagree with him. It doesn't matter. I just want you to be honest. Don't make stuff up. Don't lie. Don't misrepresent. Don't distort. Just Tell it like it is. Be honest. And cite your sources. So, I saw this late in the day today on Facebook. Uh, it's an image of, uh, of President Trump sitting in the Oval Office. He's got the two hands up in his, you know, in his pose that, he's, that we're becoming so familiar with these days with the way he moves his hands. And, and above, above the picture of him is, are the words, Nowhere Man. So if you are, I would say, age 35 and older, you, you immediately know that reference. And the further over 35 you are, the more immediate your knowledge is of that reference. I suppose there's a cutoff point there somewhere. I suppose if you get to my parents' age, which, by the way, today, as I record this, March 2nd, is my, uh, uh, my, father, my mother and father, it is their 61st wedding anniversary. 61 years. Jeez, oh, 61 years those two have been married. I think it's about time they start seeing other people, don't you? Uh, no, of course. But um, anyway, they, uh, uh, they might not recognize it, the Nowhere Man reference, but somewhere between 35 and, let's say, 70 people, sh or 35 and 75 people should know you know, will probably catch that reference. It's a Beatles song written by John Lennon. All right, so so it says so. There's the picture of Trump, and above him are the words "Nowhere Man," and and under them are some lyrics from the song. I'm going to read these to you under the fair use doctrine. <laughs> I'm going to read these to you, and you might have the same reaction I did. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> He's a real nowhere man, sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. Doesn't have a point of view, knows not where he's going to, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. 
He's as blind as he can be, just sees what he wants to see, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. So he, somebody thought that was clever, and they posted that. You see, he's a nowhere man, and it's, it, it turned this into insulting Trump. And they may have grounds to stand on to insult the man. Sure, they might. But um, did you catch it? Did you... Did that sound, were you thinking to yourself, that doesn't sound right. Are those the lyrics? That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Well, there's a reason why it doesn't sound right. Because they changed the lyrics. That's why. Because without this little change in the lyric, especially in the, in the second verse, without this little change, it wouldn't conveniently set within their bias. And I saw a couple of people comment. And one said, nailed it. And another said, uh, uh, couldn't be more true or couldn't be truer. Something like that. And I responded, mm, yeah, it could have been more true or it could have been truer if the lyrics would actually be the actual lyrics. But, you see, I'm going to read this again. With the actual lyrics. Now, they do drop off the, um, the uh, chorus for the song. They just go through the ver just hold some verses in here. But listen to what what it should be. And then I think you might understand why uh, they had to change it in order to fit their bias. He's a real nowhere man sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. Doesn't have a point of view, knows not where he's going to. Isn't he a bit like you and me? He's as blind as he can be, just sees what he wants to see. Nowhere, man, can you see me at all? Now that last bit, nowhere, man, can you see me at all, that's, that would still hold if they want to be insulting him. But suggesting that Trump might be like us, might be a bit like you and me, <gasps> we can't do that. So we have to lie. We have to distort and we have to change it. That's what I'm against. That's 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 my pedantic moment here. You know, and it's and it's it's yes, it's a little political. And again, I say it again. I'm not defending the man. I'm not an apologist for him. I'm just saying, if you're gonna take him to task, be honest about it. Okay? It's that simple. Don't make shit up. And it. Plenty of people know what the lyrics are. I was looking through the comment thread, and I was a little dismayed, though, that people weren't pointing it out, that I was the first one to pop in there and say, yeah, well, the lyric is actually this, but oh, no, we can't make a suggestion that he might be like us. I mean, that's an example of uh, John Lennon showing the, the, the uh, charitableness that we should show to each other. You know, it's just... Instead of thinking the worst of somebody, of something that they do or their actions, you know, think that, that it's coming from some base of evil. Think of it that you know, they're maybe honestly thinking they're doing good stuff. You know, just give them a little sense of charity, uh, a little bit of that, until, until it's obvious that they're not worthy of that charity. And, and you might say, well, the, our president has crossed that threshold. You might. I'm not saying I disagree with you. It's just... Please, be honest. Don't make stuff up. Because it's just counterproductive. Alright, anyway, enough of that. Get off of that crap. Uh, I was at the 
uh, grocery store the other day, and I was um, just waiting at the checkout line, picking up a few things, and there was a fellow in front of me, and he's waiting for um, the woman in, uh, in front of him, and she's she's just about to start getting her stuff checked out, and all he has is a a bunch, a small bunch of bananas. It's like four or five bananas on this little bunch, which apparently the store was selling for a buck a piece. For the not for the buck a piece of banana, but a buck a piece for the bunch. So he so he had which I guess is a good bargain, but I can't eat bananas. I'm allergic to them, don't you know? If I ate a banana my mouth would start itching, my tongue would swell up a little bit. It's it's very unpleasant. I not that I don't like bananas, they just you know, they don't like me. Anyway, so he's 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 waiting to buy that, and I thought to myself, you know, if I was the lady in front of him, I would say, "Is that all you got? You had to go ahead, you know, ring this guy up first. I, I do that on occasion. You know, just sort of a, just something nice, you know. Why make you wait in line to do all this? But uh, anyway, so he, so that's my first thought, and she gets through her stuff, and then the, the the cashier starts to work with this guy, and the cashier is a young fellow, a uh, young man about, I don't know, I, I'm not even sure if he was 20 yet. He might still be in high school. It's hard to say. You know, I got to tell you, young people look even younger to me now that I'm getting older. I guess that's something that's happening. To, that happens to everybody. They get to a certain age, and boy, you know, it's, wow, young people look even younger. I look at athletes that are in their early 20s, uh, pro athletes, and I think, oh my goodness, <laughs> they look like they're 16. I, I posted a picture, a flat, a, a throwback picture. Of me, uh, from my art school days when I was looking a little odd. I had my hair in a weird kind of configuration. I was cutting my own hair, doing my own stuff. I would put uh, not dippity doo, but stuff called Dep, which is I guess a hair gel kind of thing. In and it would make my hair kind of crunchy and and uh, curl a bit and do some weird things. And then sometimes I put a little marker color into it. And I and I my I, I cut I for whatever reason I would shave back my temples the hair on my temples and shave off my my uh, no sideburns so my, my the top part of my head would look appear wider I don't know why I did it I just did <laughs> it was just something um, and and for a brief period of time I had one of those things called a rat tail a little bit of hair that just a little string of hair that hangs down the back a little longer than the rest of your hair I had that for a brief period of time and I was working at Wendy's back then and uh, some young couple came in with their with their toddler and the toddler had one of those rat tail things and when I got home from work that day I cut it off because uh uh <laughs> sorry that <laughs> stopped being cool it's, it's a toddler has it the parents are thinking isn't that cute no no so I cut mine off. Um, anyway, I look at that picture of me, and I look, I swear, I look like I'm 12. I'm almost 20 in the picture, but I swear I look like I'm about 12. Uh, I might even be uh, 20 in the picture, because I can't, I think it's 1984, but it might be 1985. doesn't matter. Anyway, so this young fellow is working the register, and uh, the guy in front of me is an older guy. Uh, he's got the bunch of bananas, and he wants, he wants, he pays for them in ca with cash, now, I'm not paying total attention here, but I'm just waiting, trying to be patient. And the kid gives the guy his change and encloses the drawer. And the guy goes, oh, wait, wait. Uh, oh, you know, he didn't catch him in time to close the drawer. And he says, oh, and he leans in, and I, and I gather he, he wanted to get some change. He wanted to break something, you know, the 10 that was part of his change or something like that. 
So, but the kid, the kid was saying something like, "Well, I can't open the register again. You gotta, you gotta buy something. I think maybe said something." Because then the guy says, "Well, I'll tell you what." Uh, he reaches over, he grabs one of the from the the impulse buy candy trays that are at the register at the end there. Uh, you know, he grabs one of the uh, a pack of Tic Tacs and he says, "Here, I'll, I'll I'll buy this." So he he buys that, pays the kid, and then starts talking to him. And I can't hear what the guy's saying, but he keeps telling the kid something, and the kid. You know, okay, and he nods, and then he pulls a few bills out of the out of the register, and gives it to the guy, and then the guy starts to hand some money back to him or something, and and the kid, it's, oh, and then he does, you know, it's this this is going back and forth a little bit here, and now I'm paying attention, and I'm the the antenna is rising from from my head, you know, it's coming up, and I'm like, um, hmm. Something doesn't look right here. What's going on? What wh- how, what bill did he give him to start with? Did he give him a twenty and he got nineteen dollars back? Did he give him, what, what's what's going on here? And the, it keeps going. And you know, my my very first reaction when stuff was starting to happen with the change and all that I was thinking, oh come on, dude, I just want to get my groceries paid for and get out of here. But then I start seeing this going on, and I can see that the kid is 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 trying to keep up it seems like and at one point he looks at me and i don't know if he said anything or if it was just a look on his face i can't remember but the the if it was just a look on his face the look on his face said is that right and i just kind of tilted my head a little and i looked at him and i gave him kind of a slow shake i said ah give him this that i don't think so something's not right so the guy had asked him something else, and the kid, I definitely heard the kid say to him, well, I can't do that. And then the kid starts to call to his manager. We'll say the manager's name is Brian. Starts so calling up, Brian, you know, Brian, can you, Brian? And the guy starts to be like, I, uh, no, no, he's got the handful of money now. And, and, he's, uh, and, and, and he walks off before the manager has a chance to come over. And the manager wasn't that far away, but he didn't hear the kid right away. And the guy disappears. He's gone. Manager comes over and the kid it's you know he fesses up to him and says I, I I you know says essentially I think I think that guy did something he, he pulled something on me he, I I think something weird happened there and then I chimed in and said yeah I it I you you gave him more money than he gave you um, he was pulling something on you and I couldn't think of what it was called at the time. Uh, but uh, I did, you know, I vouched for the kid with his manager. The manager did not seem all that bothered by it. He just kind of, like, yeah, uh, you know. And then I, and and the kid said he was pretty sure the guy was pulling something, especially that once he he disappeared, once the manager started to come over. And then I pointed out that the guy didn't take his Tic Tacs, took his bananas, and we walked out of there with another ten, twenty bucks, maybe more. I don't know, but uh, that you know, so that that. Uh, I'll talk about what that was, what happened there when I come back from my break. How about I do that? So I'm going to head to my break now. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll come back and I'll explain uh, what I learned about what was happening there. Uh, yeah, so sit tight. Other guys. The finger. 
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. On the go and missing another one of your favorite Z-Talk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the Z-Talk radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's Z-Talk radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Download it today. If this station is not your cup of tea... Drink coffee. 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 Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. So uh, what was going on there at the store? You might have, you might have heard of this, this scam, this con, or scam is probably a better way of calling it, and it's, uh, it's called short change. It's called doing the short change scam. And uh, I'll link to the video. It's from an old series of videos that uh, a fellow named Brian Brushwood used to do. I don't know. If he, I don't think he still does them, but uh, it was part of this thing that he called Scam School. He wasn't teaching people how to do scams. He was teaching people how to recognize scams and to not get caught by them. And uh, he's, uh, I think he's a, a magician as well as a lecturer and, and podcaster and all that kind of stuff. Interesting fellow. He's a skeptic, which is good. It's always cool when people are skeptics. And uh, he, there's a video that I'll link to. Uh, actually, there's a, a web page that has some text on it, which I'm going to read this to you so that to explain this is better than my trying to put it in my own words, how to explain what the short change is. And what I saw going on in, in, ahead of me, uh, I'm pretty sure, is a variation of this short change thing. So this is from uh, Seeker.com. It has a video link in within embedded within the on the page of the Brian Brushwood uh, uh, his scam school piece that's about the short change scam. So uh, I'm just gonna read this to you so you just for your edification. How about that, huh? So you don't get caught. 
Uh, everyone's heard of the term short change, but very few people know about the actual street con for which it's named. This scam is performed thousands of times each year, and con men score millions of dollars just by using a few simple verbal tricks. The goal is to get uh, more money out of the register than you're entitled to without the attendant even realizing it. The method. This is one of the simplest versions of the short change. Advanced versions of this scam can take people for hundreds of dollars. This version uses three phases. Start by performing some kind of fair trade to get the register open. Uh, you know, in the video, he goes into a bar and he gets a Guinness for five bucks. He hands the person a 20. Uh, it says you can ask for change for a 20 uh, or maybe buy an item and pay with a large bill and something like that. It doesn't matter, he says. All that matters is that you start with a fair trade that involves a lot of bills. This gets the register open and the attendance head filled with a bunch of numbers which sets you up for phase two, the second layer including distraction. This is a trade you'll start on top of the first one. It's a trade that is almost fair but involves a mistake that makes the short change possible. Uh, in the example that they do in the video, uh, while the till is still open, explain that you have some ones to get rid of and that you'd like to trade them for a $10 bill. Drop down a stack of ones, actually containing only nine of them, and scoop up the $10 bill along with the change from phase one. That's, so that's the 15 bucks from phase one. He went in with the 20 bucks and he paid for a $5 beer. He got the $15 change, so he puts that in his pocket, and he puts the 10 in his pocket while he's got the nine ones sitting on the bar. Uh, and then say, okay, um, remind the cashier to count the bills to make sure it's right. Again, this fills the cashier's head with more numbers and builds some time delay. After the count, they'll notice that your amount is wrong. In this case, we're short a dollar. Uh, it would be, uh, it could be that you overpaid. Maybe the last bill was a five instead of a one. It doesn't matter there. It doesn't matter what's wrong with the money you provide. What matters is that the distraction allows you to correct the mistake and grab more of the register's cash, cash using phase three, the correction. Now, if we're playing fair in the $9 example above, you'll correct it simply by giving them another dollar. But that's not what, what you'll do. That's not what the scammer does. Instead, you'll say, wait, I, I don't want to get confused here. I've got nine, right? Now, let's make that 10. Oh, and I've got some more ones here. We'll make it 10, 11, 12, 4, 13, 14, 15, and $5. Put down a five. We'll make uh, $5 more, we'll make it 20. We'll just trade for my original 20 instead. Did you see what happened? By using time delay, multiple numbers, and a reference back to the original 20, we essentially use our stack of nine ones, uh, nine single, uh, nine one dollar bills twice. First to trade for the 10, and then added with more money to trade for the 20 the original 20. So he gets back his 20 in the video. He gets back his original 20 that he gave. He gets the beer and an extra 10 bucks. 
And I had to watch it a couple of times to really catch it. To really, because it's it's slick. Even with he's even when he explains it, and maybe even my reading that to you, you might still be kind of what. But I'll link to the video on the show notes page. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes option, and you'll find it. It'll be there. I'll link to the page where you can read what I just read to you, and you can watch the video. You can see this happen. And he also gives some ex- uh, uh, um, some advice as to how to avoid it. And the first thing he says is make sure you do one transaction at a time. Don't allow a second transaction to happen before you finish the first one. And it's uh, it, it's. I was talking to the uh, letter carrier that brings the mail to our office about it earlier today. I was talking to him about it, and he said that it happened to him when he was a kid first job working as a cashier he got taken and he said after that somebody tried to do it again and uh, he he was prepared and he closed the the drawer and he says okay now he did one transaction he didn't allow the second one to take place he closed the drawer he says okay now what is it that you would like me to do he didn't let it happen so he'd learned and there's a couple other things that brian uh talks about in the video so that's that's what i was seeing that's what i saw there and that was uh uh I just I wish I could have I'm not sure what I would have been able to do, um, really, other than you know you know maybe call out to the manager too and say no this guy is uh, scamming your your register guy which I essentially did when the manager did come over I I said yeah he he probably walked out with more you know with a bit more money than than he should have been getting because it it looked like that's what he was doing so um, beware if you work a register. Watch out for that. And somebody, and uh, one of the other things of advice that Brian gives you is that if you're confused, admit that you're confused, and tell the tell the. No, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm confused here. Now let's let's go back to the beginning. You know, if you're confused, because they 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 count on you being confused, but not willing to admit it. And a lot of people don't want to admit when they're confused about something. So that's the short change scam, or at least one version of it. I guess there are others, and uh, it can get. Uh, it can get pretty involved. Uh, what do they have next? Okay, next. Uh, you know me. I'm a skeptic. And my mind doesn't go in the direction of, of, of paranormal and supernatural explanation for things. I am fully comfortable with accepting the idea that something is a coincidence. That a couple events happening near in the same time, it's just a coincidence. Coincidence happens. They happen, it's, and it's, there's no more significance than that. Then they, they happen. I don't put anything on it. I don't you know, think that the universe is trying to tell me something. The universe is unable to tell me anything because it's, because it's not. It just can't. You know, there's nothing metaphysical going on here. I don't believe that there is. I could be wrong, but I've not seen sufficient evidence for me to change my, my position. Uh, so, anyway, um, I listened to this podcast called Stuck in the 80s. I'm sure I've mentioned it on the show before. I've even been a guest co-host on there a couple of times. And uh, they, uh, they were doing a, the, one of the more recent shows. The topic was, and it's all about everything about the 1980s. And so they're, they're, uh, the topic for this particular show was uh, John Williams' movie scores. And the, uh, you know John Williams. I'd say he's he's probably the best known uh, composer of film scores of all time, and or it's certainly today. If you're you know, if the average moviegoer, if you were to ask them to name somebody who scores movies, some composer, chances are pretty good they're going to say John Williams. 
they're not they might not pull out uh, uh, Jerry uh, Goldsmith was that his name <laughs> or Max Steiner Max Steiner was a big time film scorer back in the uh, back in the old days of film he did the uh, uh, he did the score for Casablanca and, and King Kong the original King Kong he's 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 done he's done he's one of the big guys from from the old days but John Williams is the big guy from today. So in the 1980s, he did 15 movie scores. So the uh, Steve Spears was the host of the show, and his uh, regular co-host Brad Williams, and their guest co-host, a fellow that goes by Just Drew, um, the the three of them uh, did a review of. Uh, well, they did the top five as as Steve. Spears ranked them. He went through all 15, but they did a little more uh, in-depth talk about the top five. Uh, and I won't tell you what number one was. You can you can look for Stuck in the 80s on the iTunes and find it for yourself. I recommend that podcast, especially if you're interested in stuff of the 80s. And uh, he also had uh, said to the guys, okay, after we're done doing all these 15, I'm going to ha- ask you guys to... Um, you know, come up with the, uh, with a favorite score from outside our favorite decade, you know, 70s or uh, 70s or 90s or you know, or to the the aughts right up to to now uh, up to now. And so, uh, so I was thinking to myself, as I was listening to this, what would I pick if I was the guest co-host on here? What would I have uh, uh, gone with? And uh, I thought I would go off the page a little bit and not necessarily go with a movie score. I, I would go with a TV theme song. And, uh, and it would be the theme song from Lost in Space. So I was thinking of that because it's, it's a terrible show. Great theme song. Terrible show. It's it's a it's 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 Star Trek the original series if it had been created by Sherwood Schwartz. Right, and if you don't know who he was... He's the guy that gave us Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch. You know, that guy. Okay. I mean, Gene Roddenberry may not have been the greatest writer of all time, uh, a TV writer and all that, but he did give us one good idea, and that was the Star Trek show and then where that went from there. He gave he had one really good idea, at least one really good idea, and it and it's taken hold and all that. But uh, I don't think Sherwood Schwartz ever had a good idea. So... Not that Gilligan's Island is terrible, and not that Brady Bunch is bad, and shows like that. It's just, you know. Anyway, that's kind of what the Lost in Space was. Except, Sherwood Schwartz, he, he wasn't the creator of that show. It was Irwin Allen, the guy that would made all the disaster movies in the seventies. You know, Towering Inferno and and the Earthquake. I think he did that one, and and uh, 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 Poseidon Adventure did that one. And anyway, so let's see. Um, so the theme song pops into my head, and it goes dun 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 It does that, and it has this cool animation to it too. Very simply done animation of a of a of a of a spacecraft going through space, and this tether line being pulled and uh, connected to the tether line are these uh, uh, people that are in space suits uh, representing the cast members and it's just it's simple animation looks really cool and it's got that great John Williams score so that that theme song was in my head as I'm thinking yeah that would be the one I would pick and and uh, okay okay so there's that and then like a day later 
I think the next day. I mean, I was listening to the podcast on a. I think it was like a, it was a Tuesday night. I was cleaning one of my buildings, and on Wednesday night, I got a call. Uh, 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 I was chatting with a, f- a friend of mine on Facebook. Who's who? Well, he popped up actually, and he said, uh, "You know, I need your help. Uh, there's a theme song that I need help with a theme song. Can I call you?" And I said, well, if we keep it quick, because I only got so many minutes. So, And he said, this will take less than a minute. So he calls me. It's my friend Michael out in California. So he calls, and I said, what do you got? And he says, now, I don't know if this was the opening theme or maybe the closing theme. Uh, I think, you know, it's a TV show, a sci-fi TV show, and it goes like this. And I went, it's lost in space. You know, I mean, I just gotten the song out of my head, and he puts it back in. He didn't know, of course. Oh, and it should be noted, he's not a listener to Stuck in the Eighties, so he had no, you know, th- this was just completely coincidental to the timing of when I listened to Stuck in the Eighties, the topic of Stuck in the Eighties, my thinking of that theme song, and then he calls me up a day later or two days later, and and is trying to figure out what TV show that theme song was from. So and the thing about that theme song is, he said, that's what I thought. I thought it was Lost in Space, but I, I keep finding something that's completely different. And I said, that's because John Williams wrote two theme songs for the series. Uh, the one that was in, our, in both of our heads, that was from the first season. I don't think it was used every episode of the first season. I, I, from what I've been finding on Wikipedia, there was a, some other... Th- song from some other movie or something that was used for a while but then the John Williams theme was used and uh, and then in the third season John Williams came up with another um, uh, theme for it that uh, goes essentially it goes like that and uh, I will link to videos in the show notes uh, so that you can check it out and get the song stuck in your head they're both good themes but isn't that a cool coincidence that's a cool coincidence, and that's all it is. It's not this Deepak Chopra, the universe is trying to tell me something bullshit. It's just, it's just a cool coincidence that just somehow it just these things, this, it just lined up that it happened and it just happened. That's all it is. So you know, it wasn't. I didn't start, you know, changing my entire worldview. <laughs> because of it because it just these things happen it's like when you're listening to my, my wife was listening to a podcast and i was out in the kitchen or something and i said uh, she comes walking out and i said something like uh I, I used the term belly button i don't know if that was it but that's what i'm saying it was and she just went she stopped and said, you know when you said belly button just then or just moments before you said it or moments after you know just like i think just seconds before you said it she said she sent me they said belly button on the podcast i'm listening to you know it's it's just a weird it's line lineup of all the words that there are out there and people talking and stuff chances are some things are going to line up it's going to happen you you can be reading a book and you've got the tv on although know how you can do that how you can read a book and have a tv on at the same time this, i can't do that i have to i can have music in the background and but it has you know and 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 it can have words you know lyrics to the songs and but that won't bother me too much especially if i know the songs really well i can do that and read but i can't i can't have speaking and reading i can't listen to a podcast and sit and read i can't do it because you just you're not going to pay enough attention to either but 
let's say you're reading something and you you run across the word butthead and you, somebody says on TV at the same time butthead or almost at the same time as you read that. That that happens. It's just gonna these things happen. It's not something deep. And I could be wrong, but I've not seen any evidence that would suggest that I'm wrong about that. But there is something I'm right about. I'm right about ready for taking a break. <laughs> I'm going to go to my second break, uh, and I shall be back shortly. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. And uh, yeah, just sit around. I'll be back. Or fast forward through this if you're listening to it on your, your Podvice uh, thing, whatever. Just, just I'll be back. Oh, by the way, this is the original theme song of Dimland Radio. Way back. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov slash pertussis slash pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. that beats all the competition and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition you're listening to z-talk radio network Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, speaking of... Uh, oh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Speaking of conspiracy theories, I have one of these. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, because I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. What's not true, uh, and I, and I know I wasn't speaking of conspiracy theories just yet, but I'm going to speak of one now. And at first, I thought this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I thought this this could be somebody just playing a joke on people, being a Poe, 
you know, they make it's, but it sounds so plausible that that there are those out there, conspiracy theorists, whose minds go to the weirdest places, uh, would come up with something like this. Uh, so um, I'm going to read this to you, <clears throat> and it's and apparently this was a legitimate conspiracy theory that uh, made its way around the internets. KFC. KFC. Okay. KFC has been part of our American tradition for many years. Many people, day in and day out, eat at KFC religiously. Do they really know what they are eating? During a recent study of KFC done at the University of New Hampshire, they found some very upsetting facts. Now, there's no citation for that. And you could look into the University of New Hampshire to see if they actually did a study on the, on the KFC. Okay? It, if you don't know what I mean by KFC, just sit tight. It'll come clear. First of all, has anyone noticed that uh, just recently the company has changed their name? This goes to show you how old this is. Because the company changed its name, at least its presentation of its name to the public, to KFC back in 1991. Okay, that's that's how long ago they did that. Uh, okay, has anybody noticed that they recently changed their name? Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's the KFC I'm talking about, has become KFC. Does anybody know why? We thought the real reason was because of the fried food issue. It's not. The reason they can't uh, they call it KFC is because they cannot use the word chicken anymore. Why? KFC does not use real chickens. They actually use genetically manipulated organisms. These so-called chickens are kept alive by tubes inserted into their bodies to pump blood and nutrients throughout their structure. They have no beaks, no feathers, and no feet. Their bone structure is dramatically dramatically shrunk to get more meat out of them. Uh, I'm not sure how more meat comes out of smaller bones, but anyway. It's conspiracy theory. What do they know? Uh, this is great for KFC because they do not have to pay so much for their production costs. There is no more plucking of the chicken feathers or the removal of the beaks and feet. The government has told them to change all of their menus so they do not say chicken anywhere. If you look closely, you'll notice this. Listen to their commercials. I guarantee you guarantee you will not see or hear the word chicken. I find this matter to be very disturbing. I hope people will start to realize this and let other people know. Please forward this message to as many people as you can. Together we can make KFC start using real chicken again. Okay. <clears throat> I went to KFC's official website, which I'll link to in the show notes. Right there, right there in the banner on the top of the headline. Right there, right there, the banner, top of the page. It says Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right there on their website. <laughs> and you can scroll through and look at the menu online. There's a, there's a header that you can click on that says Chicken. And you'll go to that page. And on that page, it, on its, in that page alone, the word Chicken shows up 11 times. You can also watch the current advertising. 
there's a couple ads featuring Reba McIntyre, you know, the, you know, the country singer woman that has no upper lip. Uh, she's she's been in the ads where she's dressed up as the as Colonel Sanders, the guy who came up with the recipe for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, I'm sorry, KFC. Uh, and in the ad, she says the word chicken. She sings it in one. She says it in another. It, it, you know, it's it's there. So right there, a quick little search of their website dispels all the bullshit that's in this. This real conspiracy theory that went around that people that this was a mass email thing being sent out. Send this as too many as many people as you can. You know that they that this is just wrong. We got it. They're, they're eating genetically modified chicken. It's genetically modified organisms or manipulated organisms, and it's, it's with the tubes in them and all that. So. If you go to the uh, website, and I'll link to all this on the show notes page, dimland.com, click on the blog option. I'll link on it, and you'll you'll get to a page where KFC uh, addresses this. And this is something they uh, posted on May 4th, uh, 2016. May the 4th be with you. Uh, the headline says, KFC says, chicken, chicken, chicken. The real history of the KFC name change. Modern myths are weird. Uh, one of them says that we changed our name to KFC because we couldn't use the word chicken anymore. Absurd. Chicken, chicken, chicken. See? We're still called Kentucky Fried Chicken. We started using KFC because it has fewer syllables. In 1991, K Kentucky Fried Chicken decided, to change, uh, decided on a name change to KFC. Why, after 39 successful years, would a world-famous restaurant chain change its name? Maybe because KFC is easier to say with your mouth full. Or maybe KFC fits better on signs. In reality, we wanted to let our customers know that we had more for them to enjoy than just fried chicken, and many were already calling us KFC, as it was much easier to say. Truth is... We didn't do a great job of explaining the KFC name change, which left the door open for folks to get creative with the reason. And boy, did they. Shortly after the name change, a chain email, it was 1991, remember, began to spread the rumor that Kentucky Fried Chicken used genetically modified chickens and was forced to remove the word chicken from its name. We can put those rumors to rest. We've always used 100% real chicken. Our chickens come from American family farms, the same farms that supply the brands that you would buy at any grocery store, and are raised without artificial hormones or steroids, which is a federal regulation. Let's get straight to the point. Can KFC say chicken? Well, we, we're still Kentucky Fried Chicken, registered trademark and all. We continue to show our pride in fried and follow the Colonel's high standards for frying chicken e even after 75 years. Not only can KFC definitely say chicken, KFC means the world's best fried chicken. That was me throwing the paper on the floor. So... KFC having to change their, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken having to change their name to KFC because they didn't serve chicken, and, and because they didn't want the word fried out there. Although I think that that you know, that's might be a side benefit, but hey, I'll take their word for it. It's just not true. It's not true. It's not true. I've 
Get in trouble for using that song, you know. I hope Pete doesn't listen to the show and say, "Hey, dude, you can't play that song." I like, "Oh, come on, man! It's so good to play that one. I like it. It's a good song, and it's you guys, and you're awesome, and you're great." Anyway, <clears throat> there is an actual uh, uh, conspiracy that's going around that's uh, infuriating. Uh, it's the the idea that there are these things called uh, these people who uh, are employed by they by the secret cabal that's actually running everything, that wants to come and do whatever they want to come and do to us, you know, take our guns or make us all live in camps or whatever the fear is of, of, of they, um, that there's this thing called a crisis actor. And uh, there is a legitimate crisis actor occupation. And uh, although I don't know if it's a full-time occupation, but it, there is an actual crisis actor thing that's legit, and that is uh, people, men and women, who help um, medics and first responders train for dealing with uh, big events. It could be a mass shooting or a bomb, or it could be a mass illness, mysterious illness thing taking place, and you know where they, where these crisis actors will get made up to look as though they've been shot or uh, to, to make them look like they're sick or whatever they're doing. And the, the crisis response people, the emergency response people, will be trained with them to, to learn how to, uh, to prioritize the, the, the cases that need the most attention first, to do that triage thing, uh, to, to see what uh, they might be able to diagnose if they're sick, or you know, just to deal with large events that happen. So there are such things as crisis actors. And, uh, but with the conspiracy theorists, what they've come up with is the, the crisis actor that these are people that go from mass shooting to bombings to other mass shootings to other big events and act as though they're loved ones of victims or they're uh, victims who who didn't get shot but were in the school or in the church or at the concert or whatever, at the marathon or wherever these events took place and they act things out so that uh, I guess an agenda can be pushed or something. And the conspiracy theorists will find people that look similar to each other in the video and images that they find from all these things. Uh, a, a skept noted skeptic Bob Blaskowitz has written an article on the um, on this, the, the CSI, I think it's the Center for Skeptical Inquiry. I think that's what the CSI stands for. Uh, it's the Skeptical Inquirer magazine's official website. I'll link to that too. He writes an article about this. It is infuriating. But you know, it's something, and even Bob Laskowitz doesn't bring this part up there, but um, I mean, in reality, how many, how much of a career can you have as this kind of a crisis actor? Shouldn't you be just limited to just one performance? Because somebody's going to recognize you, aren't they? There was a there was a spirit photography guy named William Mumler back in the the mid eighteenth uh, mid eighteen hundreds, 
who was con- had people convinced that he would take their their pictures and then they would show the photograph to them and there would be some ghostly relative sitting with them in the picture and it was just double exposure stuff and part of what what tripped him up part of what began to people began to question him was that they started to recognize that the people that were in the images were actually living people that they would see walking around wait a minute aren't you in this isn't that you in this picture that kind of thing the guy was taken to trial for fraud he was acquitted but his career was was over and he died in poverty and they they actually had a a pt barnum was a, a witness against the guy against mumler and barnum had had a, a photographer work up a spirit photograph of of him with uh, Lincoln standing behind him in, in, in the picture uh, and you know and it's isn't it interesting that uh, the ghost pictures now are they're they're orbs they're little bits of dust or bugs that were the flash from the from the flash bulb gets catches off of the off of that and it looks like a, a like a little circle in, in your in your picture a little orb or you know this blurred out image because of uh, a glitch in the camera uh, one of those panoramic you know when you you scan from one side to the other can do these weird things that they happen in the cameras and, or you got to you know, the the camera the strap for the camera gets caught gets gets in the frame and there's a flash and it looks like this weird streaky thing going around and that's you know it's, everybody thinks that that's the, that's the spirits now when when photography first started and wasn't nearly as sophisticated as as, as it is now they were so much better so much recognizable more recognizable as people that you know what happened <laughs> anyway uh let's see um what time is it oh three cool things i got three cool things one number three number three is this image that somebody put around and there's a little bit of pedantry that can be ha- had in this as well but it's an image of that that sea salt stuff that pink ish salt and i'm not even sure what they use it for what they use this salt for but this this has become this thing i I, you know i the the chiropractor next door has a big block of this salt and is you know it might make a nice decoration but i'm sure he thinks it does something whatever because you know chiropractor you know anyway and it and and so this image of shows a a close-up of the um of the text that's on the 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 container, and it says, uh, "Formed by the primal sea more than 250 million years ago," and then they show a close-up of the uh, uh, of what would what, what is said to be within the meme the uh, expiration date, because up above it says, "Just my luck, 250 million year old salt, and it expires next year." And it has a it has an expiration date of you can't quite see the month of it, but the date the day is the twentieth and the year is twenty nineteen. <laughs> and and it's it's the bit of pedantry is is that you can tell that it doesn't say expires, it says best buy. Best if sold by. That's what they're saying. But you know, so if you don't sell it by twenty nineteen, is it gonna be stale or something? <laughs> But I thought that was pretty cool. 250 million old salt, million year old salt, and somehow it goes bad, or it's not quite as good after, you know, 2019. <laughs> okay, uh, number two of the coolest things. There is a, tw- a, this, uh, a cool thing, not the coolest thing, but a cool thing that happened within the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's a video on YouTube. Uh, 20 minutes long or so of Cheap Trick, uh, another one of my favorite bands, especially from back in the day um, when I was a kid. 
a nice, it, it's a cheap trick from 1979. They were on this show called Don Kirshner's Rock Concert Special or something like that. And Don Kirshner was a record producer back in the day. And, uh, and he would have these shows on, and he'd have these you know, live concerts. And, and Cheap Trick, they're, they're young, uh, they're, they're, uh, they, they played really well live. None of the hits. They don't play Surrender or I Want You to Want Me. There's none, none of the hits, but they play about five or six songs. They're all really good songs, and they sound great. They're I like tight. They're just, and they're, there's no lip syncing. There's no auto-tuning. It's great. It's a great little bit. If you like Cheap Trick, I mean, they rock. I mean, they're just doing it really well, and it's fun, and Rick Nielsen's acting goofy, and, and Bunny Carlos has got the cigarette in his mouth the whole time. Kids don't smoke. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just it's really good. And then number one, the number one coolest thing of the week is um, uh, I, we've been sharing, I've been trying to encourage my old art school buddies to share some pictures from the day. I've been sharing some from mine, and uh, there is a friend of mine that I went to art school with. She said that she has a bunch of pictures. She's going to start scanning them in and sharing them, which is awesomely cool, because I don't know why, but while I was going to art school, I wasn't taking pictures of my classmates. Not at the parties. There was Halloween parties at the school. Not at the, you know, I wasn't, I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't do it, but some pictures are starting to, to percolate uh, up into the Facebook feed, and I think that's super cool. So, and I hope that you've had at least three cool things happen for you this week. Good night, Frau Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Got to the end of another episode. Thank you for ta- for letting me take last week off, but uh, I'll be back next week. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Remember to be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And get that sea salt. Uh, and early enough because it's going to expire <laughs> anyway uh, we'll talk to you next week that's what we'll do we'll see you next week and remember sleep with the lights off you can check out my show notes at dimland.com just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Well, I'm going to hell.